Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. I'm Amy. And I'm Steph. try to make cancer for breakfast safe and comfortable for everyone, it may not be suitable for all audiences and is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors. We didn't even go to podcasting school. Hey, Amy. Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast. Hi, listeners. Oh, really? Maple. With the dog right when we press record. Maple syrup um, lajeunesse. Is that really the name of the dog? Is That is really syrup? the name of the dog. Maple syrup. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's what happens when you let a four-year-old name the dog. <laughs> my friend um, had a cat for many, many years named Covered Wagon. Which I thought was so cute, and they call her Wagon. Oh, Wagon! May she rest in peace. Um, she's a little bit of a bitch, like my cat Stacy. Anyway, welcome to Cancer for Breakfast. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Hi, listeners. <laughs> Sorry about my dog. The Cancer Podcast, where we just talk about dogs all day long, every episode. <laughs> Sorry, we don't mean to do that. Steph did just get a new puppy, though. Can we just say that part and then move on and talk only about cancer? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I did get a new dog. Um, It was actually a gift. All of our um, cherished, beautiful, wonderful friends in our Facebook group got together, led by you, of course, to give to me the um, adoption fee for uh, an emotional support dog. And yes, I guess it was kismet because just that very same weekend that I was gifted that beautiful present. A puppy came available, which like is totally unheard of. I don't know if you guys know the small dog market is very competitive. There's a dog shortage, <laughs> especially small dogs. And you I had like a little one for yeah, months, like I know. scouring the Pacific Northwest, multiple cities. We were sending each other links. We were, I even fostered a little um, eight month old Chihuahua, thinking it might be an easier like avenue to get yeah. you with that dog but that dog was real real emotionally too shy she wouldn't she wasn't going to support nobody but herself <laughs> so we didn't adopt her to you but but yeah and this present this present of the adoption fee for you to get a dog whenever it would land in your lap which happened to be like the next day was a wedding present cuz Stephanie had her official big to do marrying her partner who is named Nathan and he's our producer. Hi Nathan, congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love love that you got married. I mean, he's the father of your children. You've been together for how many years? Like 15, 16 years, something like that. Mm -hmm. And you had a small wedding the year before or the two years before? It was two years before it was 2020. It was right after I was diagnosed because um, I was having some procedures and it seemed prudent to do it, but it definitely wasn't like the kind of party anybody would want. It was just, uh, the mandated witnesses and our children. So, um, yeah. And you wanted to have your big wedding and you absolutely should have it. But I love whenever anybody would overhear 
like, oh, I'm going to Steph's wedding. You know, they'd be like, thinking there's some drama like oh Steph met some new person and she like what, what happened with Steph and Nathan? like no it's, happened it's Nathan. Nathan he's still here he's still same guy here. he still wants me <laughs> not me um, but the wedding was so lovely it was beautiful he looked gorge it was sweet it was lovely Thank you. Yeah. And yes, okay. I got a dog out of the deal too. So <laughs> such a good dog. And what's her name? Her name is Mitzi. We we She's named so her cute. Mitzvah because of the beautiful, wonderful gift, the the good deed everybody did for us. Um, but we're calling her Mitzi, which was your idea, Amy. I mean, credit where I, credit I wasn't is due. Bring it up, but <laughs> it's a cute ass name. It wasn't my idea to say Mitzvah, but Mitzi. And then whatever, who cares? We're talking about dogs again. We're just talking and talking and talking about dogs. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm not even really a dog person. So go figure. But (laughs) anyway, anyway, let's talk about cancer. Um, Content warning. I'm off my meds, not cancer meds, but I'm, I'm getting off my antidepressant. I just want to like see what my baseline is. And I've slowly, slowly been tapering with doctor's approval. Um, What's funny about it? Even though I've tapered off slow as a mofo, I am a tender little bean. So that is the content note that like, I'm quick to laugh. I'm quick to cry. Yeah. I'm being mean to my family. <laughs> I'm being judgy of my friends. Um. Anyway, I was just driving um, and thinking about how we were going to record and I was I started actually laughing out loud because I'm a, a manic mess right now. No, um, <laughs> but I was thinking it would be so funny if this is the episode where I start crying on the cancer podcast where like neither of us have ever cried. Yeah. We talk about, you know, death. We talk about all sorts of really, you know, heavy things and neither of us have really cracked. Not that we can't. It's loud, but, um, but I was thinking it would be really funny if I was like reading a letter about, you know, someone's coworkers being a bitch about her taking too much <laughs> sick time. And then like, that's the thing that's like, <laughs> it's hard, you know, cause I, I really, I'm, I'm raw dogging it folks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Do we even want to talk about this, but I do know I'm going to bring it up mm. as a side note, not to out you or anything, but I know a lot of people. Uh, who are getting off their antidepressants Mm -hmm. who don't have like major anxiety or major depression, but like that kind of low level, maybe it's seasonal, maybe it's situational, Mm -hmm. whatever, but people who want to try psilocybin. Oh, and I know that it's, it's definitely gaining popularity, particularly with people who are stage four because of Mm -hmm. the different perspective that it can give you on life and people and humanity. And I don't know, do you think you're going to try it? I do. I actually forgot that that was part of the reason I was doing it because you're not supposed to microdose mushrooms or do like, you know, what is it called when you do it therapeutically, like take a larger dose and trip? What are we calling that? I don't know. Medical. I don't know. I'm sure there's psilocybin therapy um but i am interested in microdosing but you are not supposed to microdose if you're on an ssri or maybe other types of antidepressants i don't know because it can cut what is it called when you have the site the neuro you get serotonin flooding 
and it can be really, really bad for you. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like, I feel like people might misunderstand serotonin flooding as just like a, um, like a mood related thing, but it's not, it affects like multiple processes in your body. It can be really dangerous and really bad for you. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I am bummed because I really rely on my effects or a lot and I can't microdose. I know on effects or, um, and I would really like to, I have seen it really make a huge difference in some of my friends with and without cancer, just people who have trauma. Yeah. I, I'm planning on doing that. I have no idea the avenue of how I'm even going to like start doing that or where I'm going to get it or what the deal is. Like, is it going to be me with coffee grinder with illegal mushrooms that I'm grinding up and weighing? Cool. Or like it's legal in Oregon. Can I get it prescribed? I don't know. I don't know you guys, but, um, I also just got diagnosed with ADHD and I I am going to start taking some sort of Adderall or Vyvanse or something like that. There's an Adderall shortage. There's a small dog and an Adderall shortage. Did you know that? People can't get I their Adderall. People that. are losing their minds. And if you were wow. one, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, for, I think it might even be due to um, like not having people working in the factories that are making the actual pills for like many of like the major producers. So like, I don't know. Anyway, wow. we shouldn't talk too much about wild. it because I'm sure it'll resolve itself by the time this is even out or maybe within a few weeks. But um, supply yeah. chain, supply it's chain, everybody baby. Up. I mean, that's the worst nightmare. <laughs> Think about it with cancer meds. I know people that like stockpile, yeah. like, you know, if you like get an extra bottle because you went on a trip and you had to order like whatever. Like I have a friend, she's like, I have like five bottles of my cancer meds because I'm worried there's going to be some Thing. Oh heck yeah. It's so scary. It's really scary. I mean, societal collapse seems imminent. So <laughs> start it's true. Building up a supply, folks. Also, when I say I'm gonna start taking something and that's one of the reasons I'm getting off Citalopram, my SSRI, I could take them together. So if you're listening and you're like, you can take them together, you don't know shit. It's like I can. I just don't want to. I wanna like I don't want to take I don't want to be a a pill factory. I'm sick of it. Well, I think too, like when you see how you react to being on ADHD medication, mm-hmm. it might be that the ADHD is actually the illness. It's not mm-hmm. depression or anxiety or anything like that. And I think also when you have diminished attention span and all, yeah. all of the things that come with ADHD, it can be really depressing and it can be you know, bad for your self-esteem and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested. And I think it's a smart move to get off an antidepressant yeah. to see how you react just with the ADHD med. So I'm all for it. I also yeah. know that a lot of people take um, ADHD meds for chemo brain and things like that. Yes. So I know that's the secret behind it too, why I wanted to get it. Like, I just yeah. want to see all the way and it might not, be that great. And that's fine too. And I might want to get back on something. I'm like very pro medication. Um, I still have a very small Ativan prescription that I get refilled like very sporadically just to kind of have it on hand. But I feel like it's good for my level of anxiety, which <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you know, I've got it. Um, <laughs> it's good to have it situationally for me, but I don't, I'm hoping maybe I don't need to, to be on something daily. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah, um, yeah. But what's funny slash 
not funny at all. Steph, you know this. I had this like um Met scare a few days ago where yeah. I misread a ultrasound result on this small lump I have on my thigh that I've been told is nothing, but I'm like, it feels like there's a baby <laughs> in my thigh. Yeah. I finally got an ultrasound and then I got the results and read it as it was a malignancy um, from breast cancer of an unspecified source or just something that it was clearly Mets. And I, of course, I opened it at 4.45. I tried to call my doctor. I was just spazzing out. And finally, I text Steph. She reassures me. She reads the the actual my chart results. She's like, no, no, no. They're, they're referencing the malignancy of your breast is the reason the insurance is going to pay for the scan of this right. yeah. lump that says, you know, so it's likely some whatever. What are you, lipoma or something? Yeah, it's so. like a lipoma or something for sure. I mean... <clears throat> I, I totally get it. And I felt so bad. I was, I was in the bathroom when you were trying to call me. <laughs> I texted I you like out, was five like, times, oh, shit. Just like screenshots and just like, it's Mets, it's Mets, isn't it? And like, I also didn't take an Ativan in that moment. I like, it was really interesting because my whole body turned like, like numb. Cold? Yeah. Cold. I know that feeling, but I couldn't sit down and just, like, it's not like I turned into a puddle. I felt like a puddle who, like, couldn't stop moving. Like, I was just like, I can't leave the house. I can't sit down. I can't get in the... Like, I I just started, like, picking up jackets from the floor and hanging them up. And, like, luckily, yeah. I have ADHD, so my house is a mess. Um, but, <laughs> but I was just, like, doing t- tidying weird things. And, you know, I couldn't talk to anybody. And I had to, you know, I, I said to Kevin, I was like, I think I'm getting sick. Could you take Josie to dinner? And I'm like, I just lied. And I'm like, but maybe I didn't because I'm getting sick, you know. Um, but I was yeah. so thankful that you were there and you helped me actually read the results and explain it to me. But I didn't want to take a pill because I didn't want to not have full focus. Like, right. I was, you know, yeah. like I was just like, I can't take an Ativan. I'm too freaked out. I need to be <laughs> fully here for, the, you know. Yeah. But it was, it did feel like a, dress rehearsal sort of where it felt so real for 45 minutes that was really happening and it's how it would have felt that that like I yeah. lived those 45 minutes of like you know like this is it yeah the dress rehearsal yeah that you don't know is a dress rehearsal um insert stage fright joke here get it stage <laughs> oh yeah I like that um, good job anyway but I'm okay and I still I still not very clear on what the hell is in my leg but yeah it doesn't seem like they're too worried about it but yeah it's definitely they're not not. i just can't leave any stone unturned though in my body right now you know where i'm like there's a lump you don't know what it is lumps can be cancer Mm -hmm. i'm a medically traumatized freak so what is it yeah and also just I feel like once you have reached the level of um medical intervention that we are at it's like mm-hmm. why not you know you may as well there's yeah. nothing holding you back you're already making appointments all the time and stuff so I know. get it checked out like it's fine yeah but I do feel like does ever do, do normal bodies just have these weird things and then people just don't care that there's like a lump in their thigh or like I mean 
if there's something going on, you want to find out sooner than later. And why not take care of it? Why not find out? And I mean, yes, I think to answer your question, I think people do just live with these weird things in their bodies. And whether it's like, because they have like a more laissez-faire attitude about their health or because Mm -hmm. of access issues or what, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, like you and I just don't live in that reality anymore where we can just like let shit go unless we're knowingly letting it go Mm -hmm. and like throwing caution to the wind. There's no like fooling ourselves that everything is nothing. You know, it's like we've seen Mm -hmm. (laughs) that sometimes it is bad news and it's better to nip it in the bud when you can. So I think you're being responsible. I don't think you're being paranoid or a hypochondriac. And also like people shouldn't have to live with discomfort and like weird lumps and bumps. And (laughs) like, it's just so weird. It's, it's just, it feels like a uniquely American thing that we're like, should I care about things that are wrong mm-hmm. with my body? <laughs> it's like, I know. Yeah, you should. You can. <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, it could be asserted that some of my medical ailments could be tied to the tension and stress and hyper alertness. Like I'm reading more about myofacial stuff and in mm-hmm. the tissue like which I used to think myofacial release was literally your face only like that you would go and they do weird things but like your actual myofacial tissue that runs all down your body connects everything um there are like charts you can look up to see how things all connect and move together and I have been going to yoga my hospital has free yoga. Anybody That's in Portland so that goes cool. to Providence, they have like free different movement classes. It's not just yoga. There's like Zumba and there's, I want to say Pilates. Um, but I've been going and it's amazing. It's like a real yoga studio with like a real yoga teacher who you would see at a real, it's not pretend. Um, <laughs> anyway, but moving my body and stretching it in such ways and realizing how things connect and where my pain is on the left side of my body moving. I've complained about rib pain before yeah. and how much anxiety I get about the rib pain. Scans say it's not cancer, but it's real. I feel it. I'm not just making it up. Um, but stretching my body and moving it in a certain way, realizing that my rib pain is connected to my back pain, which is connected to my glutes, which is connected to my thigh, which is very tight, which goes yeah. down to my calf. And then you look at the chart. And it's all connected. Like I literally got tears in my eyes doing a stretch when I felt my rib connect with all these other areas of pain in my body. Yeah. Almost proved me like, see, it's not cancer. It's right. And whether that is partially tensed up body that's tensing up, like the myofacial tissue is connected like if you look up stuff I mean I would love you to do a rats about it sometime because yeah I totally will trauma and different things are listed as some of the pre what what is the thing some uh things that cause it what are, what is the word for that help somebody I'm, I'm not on meds I, I can't speak I don't know I don't know what word you're searching for but I totally think that like there is, there's so much that I don't know there that 
could contribute to everybody benefiting from yoga and stuff like that and like mm-hmm. body work and like we just are people who sit at computers and look at our phones all the time and there is so much to be anxious about in the world and like parenting and holding your kids on your hip and all like everything contributes to you having these areas of tension, I think. And I do wish that more people would take a more proactive approach because I know so many people who just live in pain. I know. And I get that it's like, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that I wish they would take a more proactive approach because obviously if you're like working a full-time job and then, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to like eat food and (laughs) like you, you don't have time to go to yoga necessarily. I get it. But I think that a lot of people live in pain when they don't need to. And it's not Mm -hmm. even necessarily because of cancer or anything. It's just because like bad posture and living in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so jealous that your cancer center has a yoga class. They don't advertise it. And I think it's because it would get too popular if anyone knew about it. Yeah. It's me and an old lady. (laughs) That's so rad. I love it. There were two old ladies one time. Um, Hey, speaking of hospitals, (laughs) you have had some really good scan results lately. Can you talk about that? (laughs) Yes. Um, I... I did. I had my regular every three month scans, um, actually right after the wedding, which was not great planning on my part, but, um, I had to wait the longest that I've ever had to wait, um, to see my oncologist. And Mm -hmm. that was a mind fuck. I hate waiting so long. Usually it's a crime. It really is. Usually I'm seen the next day or like Ugh. max two days later, yeah. but this, I had to wait through the entire week. It was like my scans were on a Wednesday or something. And then I had to wait until the following Monday. Um, but my oncologist, like, you know, she's not somebody who would use the phrase NED casually or anything like that. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really talk about people being cured of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, But she was like, you know, after this round of stable scans, I mean, like, we're not seeing any action, really. Like, there's a a spot, the same spots have have showed the same amount of uptake, I guess, the entire time, like, since, I don't know, I want to say six months into my treatment. So, Mm -hmm. which is very, very, very minimal. Right. It's, it's tiny. And so she was kind of like, you know, there's this little spot in your breast, there's this little spot in your rib, but like, I'm not actually sure there's any cancer there. Like, are you no evidence of active disease? Maybe you're no evidence of active disease. Like, would I say that? I might. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, that was really exciting. I mean, so exciting. Obviously it can change at any time, but I am so happy that my treatments are still working and like it's relatively easy to tolerate and like I don't know and it's it's, been two years yeah like last month was your two-year or September yeah September is my two-year diagnosis anniversary and so Mm -hmm. um so now you're basically two years on these meds yeah and you're like 
just cruising on through, baby. Yeah, I I am really grateful, really glad. Um, I hope it keeps working. But you know what? Like, yes. I've also been really stoked because there have been so many articles that have come out recently. Like, I'm not going to do rats on this yet. And also, like, people don't always want to hear us talk about breast cancer. But I know. Sorry, guys. Like, there have been two pretty big advances with um, breast cancer drugs for secondary breast cancer lately. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm feeling pretty good about my prospects. Um, yes. Yeah. So I'm going to try to coast on the good news for a while. I never am able to do that, but <laughs> we'll we'll see. Do it. I know it's so hard to just feel that sunlight without having these other like caveats. Right. But at the same time, like feel it. Yes. Yeah. Um, she even said, I remember when you were telling me this originally, like she said, I'm saying like, I'm comfortable saying this because I am anticipating that you are going to be around for a very long time. Right. Or what were her words? Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, I'm starting on Zometa. Um, and I guess they've recently changed recommendations yes. for Zometa um, what is and, it? and those other drugs. So, so these are bone strengthening drugs that people use for, um, for two reasons. One is to prevent osteoporosis when you're put into menopause early. Mm-hmm. And the other is to make the bones inhospitable for bone mats. And, um, so a lot of people get Zometa like every month or some people get if it every Mets, three months. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're not Mets like me, I get it every six months. Yeah. So it's supposed to be preventative too. It's not just to treat. Right. Um, but she was like, you know, we're seeing that if you're on these drugs for a long time, you can have your, your bones get like too strong. And so mm-hmm. she was like, you can get like a spiral fracture of your femur, stuff like that. Obviously, I do not want that. No. Um, but she was like, yeah, I'm expecting you to live a long time. So we want to be conservative with the yes. Zometa, um, which was really just really nice to hear, you know, because I know she's not going to bullshit me about it. Um, mm-hmm. She's not going to give me any kind of false hope. So it was it was really cool for her to say that unsolicited. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad. Now yeah. I have follow-up questions about your Zometa dosing then. So she's saying, let's be more conservative. Um, but what what does that equal? Like once every three months for a certain number of years or? Um, I'm not sure if she's going to go with every three months or every six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely one of those two. I have my first dose coming up here soon. Um, and she is going to give me the dose they it's an infusion for people who don't know um like chemo style infusion and apparently you can give it with fluids mm-hmm. so hopefully you can counteract some of the nasty effects because a lot of people get like flu kind of symptoms mm-hmm. um the first time or two that they get the infusion so it would be nice if i could avoid that yeah my daughter's have... in the nutcracker that weekend so oh. <laughs> I don't want to be sick. Ballet mom. Um, Two hot tips for Zometa. Mm -hmm. Do the infusion very slowly. So if it's like, oh, this is a 15 minute infusion, you could ask them, especially during your first one to like do it for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay. It is said 
that could lead to less side. Cool. Okay. Um, and then also Claritin. Same hot tip as if you're doing chemo and you have to do the Nulasta. If you take Claritin the day before, day of, day after, I believe, it lessens side Cool. So for the Zometa, do that too. Hot, hot tip. Hot ass tip. Thanks. Um, can I tell you something about, we always, whenever we bring up Zometa, we always have to bring up the jawbone necrosis risk because it's just... <laughs> so awful and it's so horrifying gnarly. and i also like hate bringing it up because i'm like oh great now they're gonna talk about job necrosis again <laughs> but i have to because they're it's in context of something that just happened to me which was job necrosis look <laughs> i'm bleeding now um, <laughs> i just had to wait 30 minutes for the, in through the podcast to bring this part up um half of amy's face has brought it off <laughs> listeners <laughs> when i was at the head and neck doctor I also have two small lumps in my gum line and I I I had had to have two lumps on my gum removed years ago like I don't know 2 years ago and then maybe like 10 years ago the same lump grew back more irregular benign mm-hmm. whatever yada 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 Now I have two small lumps in different spots I was freaked out about them He told me no, it is not that benign tumor that has already been removed. It's not that. These are actually bone. Your bone is growing in two spots right there. And there's another third spot where that's happening. And he said, it's totally normal. It's not related to your breast cancer. It's not related to anything. It just happens with people sometimes. But what you can expect is those two small ones might get a little bit bigger and that is totally normal. They won't just like grow forever. But uh-huh. with that, your tissue, like the gum tissue is going to get thinner because it's being stretched. With your Zometa, I would caution you to be very, very careful because you have less tissue going between Ooh, yeah. your gum to your bone because that puts you at much higher risk for jawbone necrosis. <laughs> and I was like, Never. <laughs> um, and, and he said, and I was like, so should I pause the Zometa infusions? Like knowing this is, you know, more of a risk for me now. And he said, no, I'm not saying that at all. And he, he was very um, informed about it all, which I really appreciated. Yeah, that's nice. And he was saying, your risk is still very, very, very low for it, but it's just something to be cautious about. But he said, what I should do is if it grows more, limit what I eat as far as like, maybe I don't want to eat anything that's going to scratch it. Like he's like, so you might want to not eat chips or harder things. Oh, no. These, this this cancer bullshit. Now I can't eat chips. You might want to not eat chips. Like I'm just going to jump out the window. (laughs) Like what is this? Um, I said, so if I were to have come to you asking, can I get your approval to begin Zometa infusions with this mouth of mine? Would you mm-hmm. say I actually want it because of this? He's like, nope, I would say absolutely you're, you're fine to do it. So like, I would say, how much do you like chips? <laughs> <laughs> a lot, doctor, a lot. A lot. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so. Do we have any letters, Amy? Um, yeah, babe, we do. 
letters, letters. Where's our letters theme song? We need that. You know what I mean? We do need that. We need another friend to write us a letters theme song. Totally. Okay. Here we are at letters. Um, This letter does have a content note um, for death of a cancer friend that she mentions. Okay. Dear Cancer for Breakfast. A friend recently died of cancer and she had a close relationship with her grandkids. At her funeral, I was talking to a woman who is somewhere between an acquaintance and a friend, but who I haven't seen in in a while. She asked me about my own cancer. I am stage four too, just like the woman who died, obviously. And I told her that I was doing okay and that I'm actually stable right now. She kept interrupting me. Mm -mm. Red flag number one. (laughs) To bring up our deceased mutual friend's grandkids and how devastated they must be. Obviously, they are. And it is really sad. It is a really sad situation. But the woman then asked me how my kids are handling my breast cancer diagnosis when I said that they have a lot of great support and they're actually all right. She asked me if I had known that I would get cancer, if I still would have chosen to have kids. She also mentioned all the tests they have now to predict breast cancer. It definitely seemed like she was insinuating that I dropped the ball. No. I told her that I hoped my kids were happy to have me as a mom for however long they get me. And I tried to semi-politely excuse myself. Days later, I'm still pissed. Understandably so. Yeah. I know this woman wasn't being malicious, but her comments and questions struck me as so rude and invasive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was yeah. she really asking me if my kids would be better off not existing? Thank you for everything you do. Sincerely, came for the crudite, not the commentary. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Cute-ite. Um Wow. Wow. That's uh, some nervy shit. What do you think? I'm pissed. I, I would have thrown a vase. <laughs> Just flip the coffin. <laughs> oh, God. Um, people. What the hell, people? Yeah, that's really bad. That's really, really bad. I would also be very pissed. Um, <laughs> I just want to say, mm-hmm. obviously, this person's kids are much better off <laughs> having her as a mom than not existing. I mean, Jesus, what the fuck? Yeah. Would you not go to Italy and make friends with a bunch of people knowing that they might be sad if you die? Like, are your children who exist not going to have heartbreak in their lives or like we all are going to have? Like, I'm I'm a little bit PO'd right now. And also, what does that say about the cancer person's life like exactly when you find out that you have cancer are you just supposed to curl up and die like yeah and never experience joy or like interact with another person ever again because they might feel sad when you die like Mm -hmm. well and also the part about all the tests that they have now like i don't know maybe people have the wrong impression about that like yes there are certain genetic tests that you can get to find out if you're predisposed to have a particular type of cancer but would you not have children if you came back positive if you were like oh i have the BRCA gene mutation 
I'm not going to have children because I might get breast cancer, which is for many people, something that is treatable. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, if that's a choice somebody makes and, you know, they don't want kids or they would rather have kids a different way or, you know, whatever, like, fine, go enjoy your life. But like, I, number one, the vast majority of breast cancers are not BRCA related. They're not predictable. Mm -hmm. And just to, I don't know. Yeah. To insinuate that it was their fault somehow or that they dropped the ball. That's just shitty. It's so horrible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I think like this person says they know that the person wasn't being malicious or whatever, but you know, impact over intent doesn't matter if they weren't trying to be an asshole, if they were an asshole. Also, like imagine being at a funeral being somebody with cancer or being somebody with stage four cancer, being at a funeral for a friend who died of cancer, that alone is a very unique situation emotionally for that person to be in. And for the people around you at the funeral to not take into account that you might already be in like a highly, you know, yeah, emotional it's a state to then be yeah. like, so what's going on with your cancer? Like, so. Don't you wish you were dead too? <laughs> um, no, that's fucked up. Well, I'm very sorry about your friend. I am too. Very sorry about this other pseudo friend and how crappy they are. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know, people, man, people, man, can't take them anywhere. Yeah, it's hard being a mom with cancer like show some fucking sensitivity like it's a hard situation yeah for real quit it you know and if if you don't know what to say like just don't run your mouth like that just mm-hmm. say oh I'm glad you're doing well if you want to ask how somebody's doing great that's fine yeah if you're worried that their kids are stressed out which they might very well be it's a stressful situation maybe offer to help maybe like Send a fucking lasagna. So you thought exactly. you might want not want to cook because you might send a, have a fucking lot lasagna. <laughs> you know what I don't have on my plate is some free lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> my kids are starving. You think they're sad? They're just hungry. <laughs> oh man, people. Well, yeah. Um, hi, CFB. I'm wondering if you've run into complaints from cancer friends to and fro about acne during treatment hmm. or if you've had it. Never in any of my appointments has it been thrown out as a side effect of treatment. Um, and when I complained about it, I wasn't really given much of a solution. On top of anything else I am going through, my face is that of a middle school student. Oh, no. Who is not? Hashtag blast. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm not very zit prone person usually. It's annoying. And I wonder if you have recommendations. I like that she thinks we know about skin. (laughs) Just because we're so beautiful, you think we know how to do it. We just exist, baby. I'm also an emotional mess. Oh, sorry. I just made fun of you and you're an emotional mess. I'm also an emotional mess. So I feel so sensitive that people are judging me, even though I know they don't care. Signed, pepperoni pizza. (laughs) I made up that. 
the signed part. I'm sorry. She didn't really sign it that way. I'm sorry. I'm so mean. Listen, you're beautiful. Nobody cares that you have zits, but is that a thing? It the is. Acne? It is a thing. I've actually seen this being talked about in groups lately. I don't know if it's because like, um, people lately, are going to a lot conspiracy? of conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the chemo drugs and the skincare <laughs> companies working together. Yes. Um, no, maybe it's because like people are going to a lot of parties or something now, like COVID's over and it's the oh. holidays or something. But, um, also, like maybe the drier winter weather, if Very you're much so. mm-hmm. in our hemisphere. But um, yeah, like I've seen people talking about this and I actually have bad skin. I've had acne problems my entire life and I have become somewhat, I think this was like my COVID um, pastime. One of mm-hmm. them was getting really obsessed with skincare Ooh. because you can buy like little tiny things and it's like relatively inexpensive and it feels really mm-hmm. like a treat and like self-care, especially when you have cancer. I feel like skincare yeah. is something that you can treat yourself. You can see results and it feels really good. And like, I don't know. So shockingly maybe to people i do have some tips about this um but i do know that like they like chemo rash specifically and chemo acne is a big thing but also like there are other reasons that people get acne like if you're taking hormone Mm -hmm. stuff like we are um i definitely get hormonal kind of acne um because I think there's like something about estrogen yeah, and testosterone dominance and like that creates like a hospitable environment for acne. It's a completely different thing than if you have cystic acne, you know, like mm-hmm. the ones that are like super deep. Um, I think the cystic acne is the one that's because of lower estrogen levels mm-hmm. And I have had cystic acne like I haven't had in the past. Um, And I don't really know how to deal with those except for like the same way that I deal with any kind of inflammation. I know some people get like cortisone shots Hmm. into because like some people get really, really, really bad cystic acne where it's like super painful and like it doesn't go away for like a Mm -hmm. month. Um, And those people, I would say, you know, like cortisone shots seem to work pretty well but um you can also just do like a cold compress like an ice pack or something Mm -hmm. um to decrease the inflammation but then for the other stuff like the regular zits um i like to use a cleanser a glycolic cleanser Mm -hmm. so it's got like glycolic acid in it um and that's really good for doing like chemical exfoliation rather than mm-hmm. um what's the other what's where it's like the St. Ives apricot scrub like oh, physical mm-hmm. yeah but you can do chemical exfoliation where it's it's mm-hmm. taking or dissolving your dead skin not rubbing it off um so I like a glycolic cleanser um I also like I've gotten kind of into like Korean beauty products. Yes, fully. Um, and CosRx is a really good and really affordable brand. Um, and they make 
as I can't believe I'm even talking about this, but they make a really good snail mucin serum. Mm -hmm. It is cruelty free, by the way, because the way that they harvest the mucin is they. Oh, my God. (laughs) Seriously, they have the snails slime around all over a great range. They do. And they only do it for like a certain number of hours a day. It's like the snails have a like work <laughs> they schedule. Put them in the little <laughs> <laughs> um, but the mucin is really good for your skin. Um, and it also like it's weirdly like moisturizing, but firming. It's like makes my skin a little bit nice and oh tight. Um, there's also a really good um serum that I like that is propolis, like bee propolis. And it's an ampoule, which is like a super intense moisturizing serum. Um, obviously, none of this is like <laughs> sponsored or anything. These are just the things that I use. I also really mm-hmm. like um, CeraVe moisturizer. It's like drugstore brand. You know, you mm-hmm. can get it anywhere. Um and then I also use the ordinary products. Like, yeah, there's some rosehip oil that I really like. That's really good for acne. I found, which seems counterintuitive, like to put oil on acne. But um, once I think your face is clean, then you're good to use whatever moisturizers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also know that like, if, if I sweat a lot and I don't immediately clean my face, I am fucked. Like, I will be Uh breaking out so bad for the next week. So if you're working out or whatever, sweating, or if you're just having hot flashes and sweating, um, wash your face like ASAP um, and then moisturize. And also um, sunscreen. Use sunscreen because that really like sun damage and um, all of that can really like make your inflammation worse. Thrive Cosmetics, and this is not a commercial. Thrive Cosmetics, the company, you've seen probably ads for them. It's like the beautiful little bluish, greenish blue box. Yeah. Uh-huh. Every single product I have ever had from them is lovely makeup or skincare. Every time I've had their products, it has been donated through some sort of like cancer event or a gift bag or something. Yeah, they're so great they about that. They are so generous. And I don't think they're just generous for <clears throat> breast cancer. I think there's like other causes, like non-cancer specific, but just they are just so philanthropic and their products are so, so good. So I'm just giving them a shout out because I want to give money to companies that do well, but it's not just like they do well and their products are like, Okay. It's like their mascara is psychotic. It is so amazing. Yeah, it's true. It's really good mascara. I'm I I don't usually wear a lot of makeup besides mascara and like something on my lips, but I do also love their mascara. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah, for sure. This is yeah, not sponsored, just they're great. Yeah, but maybe they should sponsor us. We'll, we'll write them. We'll maybe tell them. they should sponsor us. You guys give um, us money. The last thing I want to say is if you really can't clear up your skin with like skincare stuff, I know that for some people, obviously like check with your doctors, run it through the drug interaction checkers. Um, But a lot of people use spironolactone. Um, 
and it's kind of, it seems like it's kind of a miracle worker. So that I think would be like the big gun. If you can't treat your acne with the other stuff that we Mm -hmm, mentioned, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and of course, like if you, if dermatology is covered for you, like go see a dermatologist and just see what they have to say, because obviously they're going to have the best info, but you know, if that's not an option for you, try yeah. some of this stuff to see. There are also some really great skin, skincare, like groups and accounts to follow. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great. Um, let's get a little bit rodent-y. <laughs> I'm hoping you might have a free range wrap for us. <laughs> I do. I have a free range wrap for you. rats is um brought to you by our friend katie who brought it to our attention um it's such a cool development i think for people with aml oh tell us yeah acute myeloid leukemia um which is a blood and bone marrow cancer in some cases, I guess most cases, this uh, presents as abnormal, immature white blood cells called myeloblasts mm-hmm. taking over normal bone marrow. And then the bone marrow can't make healthy blood cells anymore. Um, and then you're screwed all the way to the oncologist. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this great article. Obviously, I will be linking it in the show notes. Um, it's on mdanderson.org. There's another article on medicalexpress.com that I used for this. But, you know, we love Dr. Anderson. And um, this mm. is on <laughs> her website. So the story is about a guy named Connor Johnson who thought he had long COVID, but he ended up oh, having AML. Crap. Yeah, I think he's like 26, like definitely, no. you know, mid 20s. Um and it was a pretty bad case. So prognosis for Connor was not great and he ended he had chemo over a 2 month period and it failed. Like did not work at mm. all. He was sent from his community hospital to a clinical trial at MD Anderson. The clinical trial is called Augment 101, Mm -hmm. and it's trialing a drug called SNDX 5613. I imagine they'll give that one a snappier name (laughs) when it goes to market. (laughs) Um, And it's for patients with a genetic mutation that causes about 30% of AML cases. Wow. So the drug worked really well for Connor. Um, He ended up needing another round of chemo to clean up some of the blasts that the trial drug could not eliminate. So the blasts are like what's those are the the bad cells that have taken over in the bone marrow. So I guess you want your blasts to be below 5%. And Connor started out at 70%, which is like very, very bad. Mm -hmm. Basically, they said he was like on death's door. They had given him a prognosis of like weeks to you know, weeks to a month. 
Um, wow, Connor. Yeah, so really pulled him back from the brink. And um, the drug worked great, but he was hovering right at around 7% blasts, which was not good enough. And so they ended up giving him another round of chemo just to clean up those remaining blasts. And the MD Anderson doctors figured out that the um, cells with the genetic defect that the drug, the SNDX5613, was targeting, um, they may have actually produced clones without the defect. And that turned out to be true. So when they were reproducing, some of the... um, some of the cells just didn't have the defect. And so that chemo cleaned those extra cells right up. Wow. And then a stem cell transplant put Connor into remission. Wow. Um, Yeah. It's amazing. Like, especially knowing how dire his situation was, um, just the beauty of clinical trials. Yes. I love it. Um, so the only person they've, done it with no 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 it's a whole clinical trial it's called augment 101 and so if you have aml currently enrolling currently enrolling yeah um if you have aml it's worth asking your oncologist about this trial especially if you're resistant to chemo um what they suspect is that his aml and the aml of lots of other patients is caused by something called um telomeres Shut up. <laughs> um, so it's called by caused by two short telomeres. Too short? The rapper. Too short. The rapper. That's what like they're gonna name the medication after. <laughs> like too short. I'm taking too short. Too short. Go on. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's fine. So according to this MD Anderson article, um, telomeres, this is not how they put it, but this this is my stuff spin on it. Love it. Um Telomeres are like uh, little hats that protect our DNA from erosion and damage. Um, but if the hat is like one of those tiny longshoremen hats, you know, those beanies that the hipsters were wearing for a while, um, it doesn't even cover your ears. Then your mm. DNA is like being ravaged. Mm. So Connor's telomeres, um, they were very short. They were like a little yarmulke. Mm-hmm. on his DNA. They were not covering his DNA sufficiently and I was leaving it exposed. Now that they know about his short telomere syndrome, he can have regular screenings for other cancers that he's susceptible to. Wow. So he not only has the AML that he's now in remission for, but he could develop other cancers because of this. And so it's obviously not great that he got leukemia but it is interesting that now he can be on the ball you know and like keep an eye out for other cancers that he's susceptible to so very cool i think that um i'm super grateful to katie for sending this info our way it seems like this trial is not only through md anderson so you know like i said if you've got aml ask your oncologist about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just sort of as a side note, this is not really related, but I wanted to let people know about this really neat resource I found. It's called metastatictrialtalk.org. And it has a um, 
obviously lists of about trials. It's got a lot of info. You can search a database for trials. It also has a cancer drug interaction checker and a food and supplement interaction checker. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, um, metastatictrialtalk.org, we will link it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, so way to go, Connor. Way to go, Dr. Anderson. (laughs) Really? So cool. Love, love, love when medications come out that like didn't even exist three years ago. Right. And then every stat you're seeing is based on shit from it's the same thing i say every episode you know yeah it's amazing 30 percent of aml cases that's is huge. not a small percentage right that's, that's a lot of people that really got me yeah yeah amazing cool Ooh, thanks thanks katie thanks steph thanks, my pleasure letter writers and send us a letter cancer for breakfast at gmail.com our instagram's hacked currently so don't dm us and if you haven't heard back from us that's fine Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Have a great day, everyone. Anything else, Steph? I don't think so. Hang in there, babies. Bye. Cancer for Breakfast is hosted by Amy Dials and Stephanie Lejeunesse and produced by Nathan McGee. Our theme music is written and performed by Vivivir. Find us at cancerforbreakfast.com, Instagram at cancerforbreakfast, and email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. so much for listening thanks for listening